This is an FOU Studios podcast. The Chris Hahn Show. America and welcome. This is the Chris Hahn Show. I'm your host, Chris Hahn. The truth is on the air and truthfully tonight, America. Happy New Year. It's January 2nd. I am live. I am taking your calls. I'm sorry I missed last week. I always like to do the week in between Christmas and New Year's, Mike. I've done it every year since we started. In fact, our anniversary, our five-year anniversary is December 26th. There you go. Yeah. That's when we first started here at LI News Radio. But uh, alas, uh, I haven't been sick in like five years, uh, and I was sick as a dog Christmas Day and Christmas week. It was pretty bad. I hope you, uh, you don't get it, America. Uh, but it was pretty bad. But I'm here now, uh, to, and I'm live. It's January 2nd. People going back to work. Everybody's a little grouchy. But you know what? We got a lot to talk about, America. There's a lot going on in the world of politics. Crazy meetings at the White House today. The president uh, welcoming cameras into the uh, into the cabinet briefing for about two hours today, saying all sorts of crazy stuff, as he would, saying he fired Mattis, saying Obama fired Mattis. Neither one of those things are true. Uh, you know, talking about Mitt Romney uh, and, and, and other things. I don't want to talk about Mitt Romney. I don't want to be distracted by that bright, shiny object right away anyway. Maybe Ellis Hennigan, when he joins me later on at 9 o'clock, he wants to talk about that. I, I got to talk about, you know, what's really going on in this country, and that's this government shutdown. Maybe you saw me on Fox News about an hour ago. I was uh, in my home studio, and then I raced to my uh, radio studio. I don't have a radio studio in my house. I have a television studio in my house. Go figure. Uh, I would think it'd be easier to put a radio studio in, uh, but uh, I'm not as profitable on radio yet. That's coming. That's coming. 2019 is the year of national syndication, baby. It's going to happen. We've got some stuff cooking. You stand by. It's happening real soon. Uh, but uh, but we've but uh, I raced from my home studio here. I was talking about the, the government shutdown which is now in its, I believe, 11th day. Uh, And tomorrow, uh, Nancy Pelosi will be elected Speaker of the House. The Democratic Congress, which was just elected in November, will be sworn in. Senate will remain in Republican hands. We'll even pick up two seats. Uh, But uh, remember, about two weeks ago, the United States Senate voted by acclamation, by voice vote on the floor, to keep the government open uh, until till February, give the new Congress a chance to settle in, negotiate border security with the president. But the president, uh, the president did not uh, go along with the deal that the president himself had offered the Congress, or at least Mick Mulvaney, the president's bu- then budget director, soon now actually the president's acting chief of staff. And of course, Vice President Mike Pence was also involved with this, which is why Mitch McConnell the Republican majority leader of uh, the United States Senate allowed that vote to go forward. And then uh, Laura Ingram, whose show I'll be on tomorrow night at 10 o'clock, and Rush Limbaugh, and uh, what's the other one? Ann Coulter. They all went on a rant about this president giving up his promise to put a border wall in place. Now, America... 
Uh, I've been, I went to a Trump rally in 2016. I, I went to the one in Albany. I happened to have been there. And uh, I went to the rally. It was scary as hell, if you ask me. But I went because I wanted to see what was going on during the primary. And I remember the calls for the wall. I remember it being a two-part call. The first part was, we're going to build a wall. The second part was, Mexico is going to pay for it. Now, I, I have not seen any evidence that the President of the United States has done any negotiation with Mexico to pay for a border wall. So now we have a government shutdown over what Ann Coulter said was the President's signature promise. And that's right. It was the president's signature campaign promise. We all remember the president calling for the wall. By the way, when I play to the camera over here, am I losing mic? I'm good? All right, good. I can't hear you, by the way. Yeah, my mic was off. There you go. All right, good. (laughs) You're good, though. Excellent. So I want to make sure that when I play to the people at home on the the video, I'm not losing the broader audience. You know, uh, a couple of hundred people probably watching me on Facebook, a couple thousand people listening to me on on the radio. Uh, so, So, you know, the broader the promise was a two-part promise. I'm gonna build a wall, Mexico is gonna pay for it. This is the substance of where we're at right now. The president has shut down uh, the government, not because Mexico has said they won't pay for the wall, but because Congress said they won't pay for the wall. Congress funds the government, right? They they have to decide what gets funded, what doesn't get funded. The president has decided to shut down the government. You can't go to the Smithsonian. You got plans to go to DC this weekend? You think you're going to go see the Air and Space Museum, maybe sit in the IMAX theater and see the Space Shuttle movie? Ain't happening. Ain't happening. You're going to go to Yellowstone National Park? You expect the bathroom to be clean? Good luck. The Bears are running the park this week, okay? Yogi and Boo Boo have got control of the park this week because the president has decided to shut down the government. And he's doing it over something he said we'd never have to pay for. This is the thing. I get it. I get that there are people on the right that are upset with the president for breaking his signature campaign promise to build a wall. But it was a two-part promise. We're going to build a wall, and Mexico is going to pay for it. Now, I would expect that they are equally as mad. The funny thing is, is I talk to many of them. I talk to them on this radio show. I talk to them in my personal life. I talk to them on national TV. I see them in green rooms around the city of New York. None of them have suggested to me that they are upset that the president hasn't negotiated with Mexico. They're upset that the president hasn't built the wall, but they're not upset about the second part of his signature problem. We all remember the promise. It was a two-part promise. Anyway, 631-451-1039 is my number. I'm live tonight, America. It's January 2nd. Happy New Year. I am live It's a Wednesday night, which is not my normal night. Look, guys, it's hockey season. I get bumped around a lot. I'm either on Wednesday or Thursday. And there might be a week here where I'm not on at all. Sorry. Uh, But you can always listen to the Chris Hodden Show podcast. Subscribe right now on iTunes or on SoundCloud or wherever you get your podcasts to the Chris Hahn Show podcast and never miss an episode. And there's like hundreds of them out there. So you can go back like four years ago and listen to me uh, before there was a Donald Trump. But 631-451-1039, if you want to be part of the national conversation tonight, 631-451-1039. So I was just on Fox News and I was on right after Kevin McCarthy, who uh, looks like a deer in the headlights. I wanted to say that, but there was a technical problem at the top of my head. 
So I, uh, I had a little bit of a delay before I got into the, into the segment. So it wasn't that Fox was short, short timing me. I get a lot of emails about that. No, it was my fault. It was my technician's fault. Um, and I, I had a, a little bit of a, a delay from my home studio uh, in getting into the segment. Something locked out. It was, it was just, I don't even know what it was. Don't, don't worry about it. But, uh, but Kevin McCarthy uh, is really in over his head as a minority leader of uh, the United States House of Representatives. He doesn't want to be called the minority leader. He wants to be called the Republican leader. I will not give him that courtesy. I will call him the minority leader uh, because he is leading the minority Republicans in the House of Representatives, and they are the minority in this country, and they really need to to understand that more people voted for Democrats by 8.5% in the last election, and there has to be a compromise on border security. Uh, I was also uh, on after Hogan Gidley, who's one of the president's many spokespeople. And he was saying how, oh, the Democrats didn't want to hear what Kirsten Nielsen had to say. Well, yeah, no, of course we don't. She's horrible at her job. There are kids dying. There are kids who are in the custody of the U.S. Border Control, Patrol who are dying under her watch. So, of course, Senator Schumer and Leader Pelosi did not want to see her speech, soon to be Speaker Pelosi for the second time, um, did not want to hear her, what she had to say about her fake assessment of the border, saying that there are 17,000 criminals. Call- they're calling everybody who comes to the border a criminal. That's what they're doing, America, and that's not right. What they wanted to do is to go to the White House after not being invited to the White House for weeks, Government's been shut down for 11 days. They wanted to negotiate ending the shutdown. Tomorrow, Nancy Pelosi is going to put on the floor of the House of Representatives a bill that Paul Ryan, that whiny little cur, should have put on the floor of the Congress two weeks ago. The bill that passed the Senate by a voice vote. 100% of the senators voted for it. No one objected. What she's going to do is put that same bill to a vote that will fund the government through February. We'll put it on the floor of the House of Representatives tomorrow, right after she's sworn in as Speaker. And it will pass the House of Representatives, not with just Democratic votes, by the way. Republicans will vote for it, too, I believe. Whatever Republicans are left, because remember, there are some of them are real crazy that are still there. But uh, enough of them will vote for it that'll be impressive. And... Uh, it, it, And and then they'll send that over to Mitch McConnell in the Senate, and Mitch McConnell probably will not act on it because Mitch McConnell has said he's not going to vote on a bill. He's not going to put a bill on the floor that he knows the president will veto, at least right now. That's going to change America because I think there are enough senators who, well, one, remember there are 33. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. There are 33 senators that just got elected that will never, ever have to run with this president again. They will be in office for six years and they will never have to vote with them again. Now, we saw today, Mitch, you know, I don't want to talk about Mitt Romney and his op-ed in the, in the Washington Post saying how bad the president is. You know, he took his endorsement. But I, I, I do want to point out that Mitt Romney just got elected. He's got six years before he's got to run again. And in six years from now, you know who can't run? Donald Trump. And by then, if he's still even in office, because I don't think he will be, uh, he'll be probably the most unpopular person in, a, in the world. Uh, so, uh, you know, go figure, uh, what the math is here. You got 33 senators that will never, ever have to run with him again. You got another 33 that maybe if he gets reelected in two years, 
uh, will have to deal with him during their midterm reelection. And then you've got 33 that have to run with them in two years. And those Republicans, at least, got some real issues, especially if you're from a moderate state. If you're from Maine, like if you're a Susan Collins or a Lisa Murkowski, uh, you got some issues. You're from Pennsylvania and, uh, or you're from Wisconsin and you're up in two years. Good luck. So at some point, the Senate's going to have to take this up. And it's a game of chicken. How long can we last? Who's going to blink first? The president said to Chuck Schumer today, I'd like to do it, but I'd appear foolish if I took your deal now. Yeah, you'd appear foolish. You've appeared foolish for the last two years. You don't know what you're doing, Mr. President. You don't know what you're doing, and the people of this country are suffering as a result. So my advice is open the government and negotiate. Uh, you're not going to get a wall unless you get Mexico to pay for it. We'll take a free wall. I, I'm, I'm of the mind that I'll take a free wall. I'll take a public works project that somebody else is paying for. You're not getting a wall that America is paying for. It's a two-part promise. Mexico was supposed to pay for it. Not me. Not my tax dollars. So the president might get some border security dollars. He might get that. But he's not going to get a wall. Democrats believe in border security. They're not not for open borders. Don't believe the hype. Don't believe what Sean Hannity or whoever was on right before I came on on whatever station you're listening to me on was saying. Okay? Don't believe that. Democrats don't believe in outdated technology. Uh, when's the last time a wall stopped anything that a lot, you know, especially a 3000 mile seat is shining sea wall over mountains and rivers that we don't need. Uh, look guys, we've got parts of the border that have a wall on it where it's appropriate. It's already there. You want some money to fix that wall, make it slicker. Go ahead, have at it, but we're not building new wall in the middle of a desert where it's just going to be climbed over. You know, a wall that's unprotected is not a, a barrier. You need people, you need drones, you need other things. Oh, like the, ask the Chinese, when, the, when Genghis Khan decided to go over that wall, he went over the wall. He just went around where their forces were. You, when your wall's 2,500 miles long, there, there's not, you can't defend 2,500 miles of a border with a, with a wall. You need drones. Get a ring video doorbell. Go on FaceTime. I mean, there are other things you could do to, to really put real border security in place at a far lesser expense than the $25 billion for a wall, America. So the president's not going to get that. The Democrats that, came, that got elected in November do not want to give him that, and they will not give him that. They ran opposing a wall. He ran saying he's going to build a wall, but Mexico was going to pay for it. They have a perfect excuse. No wall till Mexico pays for it. And that's what I'm talking about. Uh, you know, this is the thing. I don't hear Rush Limbaugh. You know, this is why I say the truth is on the air, America. You guys might have been listening to Rush Limbaugh on this station right before I came on. Or you might have been listening to Sean Hannity or Mark Levin, or one of these other nut jobs. Uh, but, but I'm telling you the truth. They only talk about the promise to build a wall and how bad it would be if the president broke the promise to build a wall. They don't talk about the other part of the promise. 
I, I think the other part of the promise is more important than the first part. The other part was that we didn't have to pay for it, that he was going to do it for free. He's already ballooned this deficit beyond recognition, America. You know, the Republicans are all deficit hawks when Democrats are in power. And, and then when the Republicans get in power, they balloon the deficit, they balloon the debt, they ruin our credit. And then when the Democrats get in, they say, cut social programs to pay for it. I'm not going for that anymore. Neither should you. We've got to stop this cycle right now. This president, this Republican Congress that we just lost, thank God, they have ballooned the size of our budget deficit. It is a record deficit. It was never this high under Obama. Obama had cut the deficit all of his last seven years. First year, he didn't. But the last seven years of his presidency, he did. First year, he inherited a horrible financial crisis. So now these guys are going to balloon the, de- the size of the deficit again. They're going to balloon the debt. They're going to do all this spending, and they're going to give tax cut to their rich buddies. And then when the Democrats take over in two years, they're going to say, cut spending, cut spending. Look what you're doing. You're, so- you're selling out our children. They've done it. They're the ones who did it. So now we want to put more debt on top of that to build a wall we don't need? I'm sorry, Mr. President. You promised me that Mexico would pay for the wall. You said, we're going to build a wall. Mexico is going to pay for it. And I think you said, it's going to be so easy. It's going to be so, so easy. Okay. I'll tell you what. I'll spring for the ring video doorbell. Okay. I'll put in a hundred bucks. I'll go, you know, I'll, I'll go get it. I, I don't, I don't want to say the name of the store because I, I don't have a sponsor here. No free ads. No free ads. I guess I gave a free ad to ring. Give them a call. Tell them they owe me a thousand dollars. Gotcha. See, see how that works? I made $900 on that deal. Uh, but I'll spring for it. I'll spring for the ring video doorbell, Mr. President. I'll go out there and I will spring for the ring video doorbell. And, and we'll put it anywhere you want uh, along the Mexico border. We'll run an extension cord or something from somewhere. And we'll, we'll plug it in. I don't think it takes a lot of electricity, those ring doorbells, right? I don't think they take anything. I think they have their own little battery. We don't exactly. Even... We could run off like double A's and something. Yeah, it's something. It's not a lot of energy. No. Uh, so uh, it's, a, it's a good product from what I understand. I don't know. Uh, and, and I'll spring for it. And, and we'll start there. We'll get a couple of them. We'll put them out. You know, it'll be nice. People want to come in. They press the button. We could see it. It could be monitored by the Border Patrol somewhere. So you could watch and see movement. It's a whole thing. This is the kind of thing that needs to happen, right? You need to investigate technology. I know I'm making a joke here about ring video doorbells, but not really. I think it does the same job. People are going to climb over a wall, Mr. President. I don't care what you build it out of. I don't care if it's artisanal uh, iron slats. People are going to climb over it. They're going to climb over that wall, and then somebody's going to have to go find them. But if you had technology, drones, other kind of satellite imagery covering the border, you could do it at less of a cost. And you know what? That stupid symbol of the wall, which most people in this country hate, let's face it, 60% of Americans don't want a wall at the southern border. And I bet you a lot of people who live on the southern border don't want to be looking at a wall on the southern border in most spots. Like I said, there are spots like in San Diego and other highly trafficked areas where a bigger wall or a bigger fence is appropriate. But a sea to shining sea wall is nonsense, and it's not going to happen. You just got a Congress that was elected specifically opposing that wall. So the only way you're getting it is if you go to Mexico and you make a deal 
You're supposed to be this great negotiator. Go make a deal with Mexico to pay for the wall like you said you would. And until you do that, no wall for you, Mr. President. No wall for you. All right, 631-451-1039. You're listening to The Chris Honcho. I'll take your calls on the other side of the break. I'll be right back. The Chris Hahn Show. All right, I'm back. I'm live. January 2nd. Happy New Year. Back to work, America. 631-451-1039 is my number if you want to be part of the national conversation. I got Ellis Hennigan joining me at the top of the hour. Tomorrow night, catch me on uh, the Ingram Angle, 10 o'clock. And then on Friday, I'll be on with Tucker Carlson, 8 o'clock, my regular spot. And I'm back on Justice with Judge Janine, Saturday night at 9.30, my regular spot there. Go to at Christopher Hahn on Twitter for all of your Christopher Hahn appearances. At Christopher Hahn on, on Twitter. ChristopherHahn.com is my website. 631-451-1039 is my number. I'll go right to the phones. Lori's been holding on for a while. Lori, how you doing? Okay. Thanks for holding on over the break. I appreciate it. Okay. What's, just, on, what's uh, on your I, mind? I, I, well, I just wanted to discuss the last segment. You were saying that it was a no-brainer to get a ring doorbell as border security. Well, and, I was saying better technology than a wall. Well, how do you suppose that once this uh, technology captures people border crossing, how are we going to enforce that? At least we have some backup with the wall. Well, Lori, let me let me let me put it this way. If you got a three thousand mile long border wall, you're going to still need people to patrol the border wall because people could climb over the border wall. I mean, there, there, there well, has never I, been a wall known to man that has, been an, uh, that has been able to survive a ladder that was just slightly taller than it, right? I do understand what you're saying, but the way that they're designed In fact, Lori, the ladder doesn't even have to be taller than it. It could be like four feet shorter than it, and people could reach up and climb over. I mean, it, it's ladders beat walls, right? So people well, are going to be climbing what? over this wall. They'll be digging under the wall. At least if you had some sort of technology, and I'm making a joke about the Ring video doorbell, but, but Mike, really, seriously, call the Ring doorbell people. Make sure they're sponsoring the show next week. What is going on here? It's the second time I've mentioned them on the Just air. a doorbell. I I need to get some of that ring money. I mean, that's some serious money. Those guys are serious. They want like they part of Echo now too. Yeah, they're big. They're big deal. Big deal. Those ring guys. Uh, I'm making a joke about the ring video doorbell, but not really because frankly, having some sort of visual technology that could be monitored by border control agents that can quickly respond. Remember, most of the border is the middle of the desert, right? So even if people get past the border, if you know where they crossed, you could pick them up. So, I mean, no, no wall is going to stop people from coming in. Well, I believe that it's not going to stop the entire border crossing situation, but it sure as heck is going to help more than a ring doorbell. No, it's not. 
No, I mean, you're going to have a ladder. And then, by the way, then you won't even have enough money for the ring doorbells to actually monitor it because we've spent $25 billion on a wall. Now we've spent all of our budget building a wall, and we won't have the the, the technology to monitor the wall. That's going to be another $25 billion. I'd rather spend $25 billion on high-tech technology at the border that actually monitors the border than this nonsense but you wall. you have to hire border security anyway. There has to be some kind of security. And what you're saying is they're going to be able to monitor how many people Lori, are coming in. Lori, we have a fantastic group of men and women that work in our Border Patrol. Okay, we have a fantastic group of people. They need the tools to do their job and they need better technology in some areas. Not and by the way, and by the way, for the most part, they have that technology. And most people that come across the southern border are apprehended. So the problem is, is that we need a better we need policies. There's all sorts of things that need to happen. But what the president has decided to focus on is a physical structure, which is unnecessary. The Great Wall of Trump. No. Well, what I'm also saying is that the border control is also overwhelmed. No, they're not. They're not overwhelmed. No, they're not. They're not. In fact, in fact, immigration at our southern border is down. A border control agent saying that they are overwhelmed. Yeah, you could always find one guy who is blinded by partisanship that will say whatever you want them to say. But the so Border Patrol is not overwhelmed. They, overwhelmed. They, the, the, not. the rank and file of the Border Patrol and their leadership will tell you, if ask them honestly, if they're overwhelmed. They will not say they're overwhelmed. In fact, they're not. The numbers, by the way, don't even bear that out. There have been more. There's, there's, a, there's, there's been a decline in immigration over the last couple of years. We've got issues at the border. People seeking asylum coming in the border, and we're not processing them properly. And the president separating people, you know, the president uh, encouraging the separation of children at the border from their parents earlier last year that's a problem but 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 we don't have like we don't have a massive army marching on us that's just nonsense but if you don't want to be separated from your family don't break the law they're not breaking the law they're seeking asylum and they legally can do that both under our law and international law when they present themselves in the united states they could do it for that Lori, thank you for your call i appreciate it 631-451-1039 is my number if you want to be part of the national conversation 631-451-1039 this is the thing america the border patrol is not overwhelmed at the border there isn't an army marching on the United States of America to hostily invade this country. That's just nonsense. It's not what's happening. What's happening is there's a lot of political hype being spread by the right. That's what's happening. Hype. And there are certain people in this country that believe the hype because they're predisposed to be anti-immigration or they're fearful for some reason. I, for one, as the grandchild of immigrants, happen to really enjoy my immigrant story. And I enjoy hearing other people's immigrant stories about how their families or they themselves came to this country with only the clothes on their back and made a better life for their families and, by the way, made this country a better place for coming to it. I mean, that's what separates us from the rest of the world. 
We bring in fresh blood every day that reinvigorates our society with fresh ideas and innovation. And they're not just coddled. Think about it, America. Think about how coddled we have become as a nation. And, and think about Europe and other great uh, you know, empires of this planet that have you know, fallen into that coddled nature where people just get comfortable. And they don't want to go over that next hill. They don't want to go over that next horizon. They don't want to strive for that next idea. They've got theirs. They're comfortable. Well, in America, we run the risk of being comfortable too. But what stops us from falling into that lull, that comfort lull, where we're not advancing as a nation, where we're not innovating, we're not creating new ideas, is immigration. People who come here from someplace else who don't have theirs, who want theirs, who come here to make a better life for their families and who really want to get the American dream and beyond. They want to create something that's going to make their family comfortable so that a generation from now, their kids can be comfortable and be lulled to sleep and not be stretching out over that horizon. But guess what? What's great about America? There's somebody else coming. There's somebody on a boat, on a plane, or walking across a desert to get here, to make that better life for their families. And without that immigration, without that flow, we lose that edge, America, and don't you doubt it for a second. Think about it. I really, I mean, I know there are a lot of people who listen to me who don't agree with me. I get it. I'm on mostly conservative stations. I'm on conservative media, on television. I get it. You don't agree with me, but think about this for a minute. And call me if you want at 631-451-1039 if you want to be part of this conversation. I'm live January 2nd. I'm live. Uh, 631-451-1039. 631-451-1039. At Christopher Hahn on Twitter if you want to tweet at me. But just think about this. You know, when you're thinking about building walls that Mexico was supposed to pay for. Think about your kids. And yeah, they might be uh, exceptional kids. And there are some exceptional kids, even in societies that have gotten comfortable. There are going to be people who are going to still strive and have that inner drive to succeed. But when they hit bumps in the road... A lot of those kids kind of fall into a comfort zone. They'll go off to college. They'll get a nice career. It's not that they're going to be dredges on society or drags on society. But they're going to fall back because they can. Now think about somebody escaping atrocities in Guatemala. Somebody who's equally as smart as your child somebody who has as much potential as any American you've ever met, who's right now living in a hut, whose mother is fearing for that kid's life every single day, and who's going to take that child with her and walk a thousand miles to San Diego to present herself for asylum. Let's say she gets asylum. Let's say that kid gets into this country, goes to American schools, gets educated. 
has an idea. How hard is it going to be for that kid to be discouraged after what he or she has lived through? How hard is it going to be to discourage that person? That's the kind of person that will fight through adversity until they succeed. And who knows what they're going to create? That's how we got Google, America. That's how we got Tesla. There are dozens of Fortune 500 companies right now that would not exist in this country, American Fortune 500 companies that would not exist but for an immigrant at its helm who created it, who fought through adversity. Now, I get it. There are some bad people in this world that want to do us harm. I am not for open borders, America. But that's not even what this is about. This is about one side demagoguing about immigrants themselves. And I got to always come back to this. It's about one side of the aisle saying, be afraid of them and lumping all of them into one category and painting them with a broad brush and saying they are all MS-13. That is not true. First of all, MS-13 was founded here, not there. No, they are escaping atrocities and they are more likely to be an innovator, to be a tremendous engineer someday, to be a creator, to be a business owner than they are to be part of MS-13. But that's not what Donald Trump and his cohorts would have you believe. They would have you believe that you should be afraid of those people, that you should be, you should be worried that they're coming here. That that should be your number one issue, the southern border. We should shut down the federal government because it's such a threat. It is a lie of epic proportions. And all it is is about xenophobia. It's because, and let me tell you why it works. It works because the Trump voter has gotten too comfortable. They have fallen back. They're not innovating anymore. They're not creating Maybe they're working a decent job, or maybe they fear they're going to lose that decent job because they've got unskilled labor, and they have not made the most of the opportunity that God has given them being born here in this country. So they're afraid, and they should be afraid, because the economy is passing them by. And I know Donald Trump spoke to them during the election. I heard it. I was afraid of Donald Trump's rhetoric, talking to the Midwest coal miner or the, or the steel worker or the auto plant worker. Those jobs are going away. And by the way, they're not going away because somebody's crossing a border to take them. They're going away because somebody created a machine to replace them. And I don't care what he says, those jobs are not coming back. We've done more manufacturing in this country the last five years with less people than we ever did in the history of this country. You're seeing job increases in those areas. Yes, I see that. I see that too. But it's not what you think. It's not the kind of masses that we need to sustain that type of labor in this country. We're never going to have a day where there's somebody riveting on an assembly line a two miles long again in this country. The riveting is being done by robots, and they're better at it, and they work 24-7, 365, and they never get sick. 
And you should be more afraid of those robots than anybody walking across the desert. The guy walking across the desert 20 years from now might create a business that will give you a job. Because that's what happens in this country. We get fresh blood. They come from other places. They're hungry for what we got. They want the American dream, not the Mexican dream, not the Guatemalan dream, not the Indonesian dream, not the... Not the sub-Saharan African dream. They want the American dream. And yeah, when they get here, they don't speak the language. They don't speak the language, but they learn the language. The president even admitted it today when he was at his cabinet meeting, saying most of these dreamers, they don't even know the languages from the countries that they're from. That's right. They don't. They know English because this is where they were raised. No, they don't speak Spanish for four generations. Yeah, they might speak Spanish and English, some of them, but they learn English quickly. Talk to these first-generation immigrants. Learn about them. I'm a second-generation immigrant. My grandparents came here from Germany. They fled the Nazis. My other grandparents came here from Italy. They fled Mussolini. And they really worked hard to give my father and then myself a better life. And they worked hard. And there are a lot of people like that who made this country a better place. And there are people working in this country right now who came here as immigrants that are making this country a better place. And people will say, oh, I'm only worried about illegal immigration. Well, that's really not what it's about. The xenophobia is not really about legal versus illegal immigration. It's about, you. they, they kind of lump it all together. They want you to fear anything that's not like you. What's next? What's the next thing that you're going to be asked to fear in this country? Here we are. It's a new year. It's 2019, baby. It's a brand new year. Take a brand new look at things. Have a brand new, fresh perspective on what's really being fed to you right now by the President of the United States, who has shut down this government really over immigration. And I believe we need comprehensive immigration reform to deal with the influx of immigrants and people coming here to work. We need that. But we can't have the debate be clouded by misinformation about what's coming here. And what Kirsten Nielsen tried to do today in the Situation Room of the White House is to tell the Democrats that 17,000 criminals have been arrested at the border this year. That is nonsense. That has not happened. That is a bold-faced lie that the Secretary of Homeland Security was about to tell Senator Schumer and Speaker Pelosi and the others assembled in the Situation Room of the White House today. No, they have criminalized 17,000 people who came here seeking asylum. That's what they did. But there were 17,000 ISIS fighters coming across the border or 17,000 members of a gang from Guatemala. They're counting children in those numbers and, and basically everyone that they've picked up at the border because they want this debate to be about fear because that's what rallies up their base because their base has gotten too comfortable and they're worried about their place in society and they should be worried about their place in society. And there's two ways to deal with that. Lash out at people who are trying to get the American dream or try to work harder 
and adjust to the new reality of the American economy. And I think what they would rather do, these lazy Republicans, is just rest on their laurels and hate people who are coming here for the American dream than try to adapt to the new American economy. And that's despicable. That is not thrifty. That is not the American and the Protestant work ethic that we grew up with. No, what that is is fear. It is stone-cold fear. And that's the debate they want to have. They want to have a debate about fear. They want to have a debate based on fear, based on irrational, unrealistic fear so that you can only react with your emotions. The problem is, is that when it comes time to actually bring people to reality when the debate is over, they won't be able to do it. And you're going to have 30% of America living in this alternate universe that thinks everybody that's coming to this country is a criminal. And that's just not true. And it's just not right. And I hope to God in 2019, we can get past that. All right. Ellis Hennigan's going to join me on the other side of the break. I'll take your calls at the bottom of the hour, 631-451-1039. You're listening to The Chris Hodge Show. I'll be right back. Can't ignore the truth forever, so listen up. The Chris Hahn yeah. Show. Hey. Yeah. Boys. Yeah. All right, I'm back. I'm live. I'll take your calls at the bottom of the hour at 631-451-1039. Don't forget, catch me tomorrow night on Ingram at 10 o'clock. Uh, I'll be on at 8 o'clock on Friday on Tucker, and I'll be on at 930 on Saturday night with Justice with Judge Janine Pirro. But joining me now, one of my friends, one of the one of the favorites of the Chris Hahn Show, one of the best uh, political minds in America, Ellis Hennigan. He's got a new book coming out with Chris Christie at the end of the month called Let Me Finish. Ellis, how you doing? Good. You and I have both said that on television before, huh? When so- yeah. Some idiot blonde is trying to interrupt us. You know, let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. Hey, 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 I got this. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. That's my my big move is hold, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I do kind of like, um, I do like, uh, I, we, you know, we just got through the holidays. I basically do um, uh, the, the thing from It's a Wonderful Life. What, 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 what? <laughs> Zuzu's pedal. Zuzu's pedals. By and large, stuttering does not work well on television or radio. No, no, it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. It's it's a good way. To, it's a good way to, to stop the conversation. Just kind of make some weird like. Whoop, whoop, whoop. <laughs> They're not sure if it's audio feedback or whether you're. Is he choking uh, on a chicken or... bone? I didn't know they were feeding him on set. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But you like that title? I think it's a good title. I'm. I, I like it. Let I think it's know. a great title, and I'm looking forward for to him too. I'm yeah, looking forward I mean, to the book. I, I've always yeah. been fascinated with him. I, I don't agree with a lot of things he's no. you know, politically, but I've always been fascinated with his style. He got away with it for about six years, and then that whole bridge thing kind of screwed him mm. up. But he got away yeah. with that style of, of just being brash, and it almost was endearing 
for a while for him. I will tell you this. Among the Trump insiders, and he is a genuine Trump insider, uh, he really is the one who's not scared to tell the truth. I mean, he really does in this book, and I don't want to, you know, whatever, blow the the very carefully orchestrated release that we're planning for later in the month. Right. But there is a lot of very insightful and frank descriptions of, of the president and those, especially those around him. Right. Jared and Bannon and, uh, and uh, the, the, the kids. And, uh, you he, know, it, there's a... There's a lot of new stuff in that. I think people will find it. Is he going? He, is he going to still be friends with the president after this book comes out? Because, I mean, if he's going to sell a lot of copies, I would imagine he's not. Well, you know, they've had a very long relationship, um, and I think that he really is genuinely unique in that way. Because, as you know, the president is often prickly about criticism. Yeah, very. And even the mildest criticism, he often reacts very harshly. You can ask Mitt Romney about that. Not that, not that his criticism was all that mild uh, over the weekend. But um, for whatever reason, and it's, it's part of the interesting psychological study, I think, for whatever reason, Christie is someone yeah. who seems to be able to get away. You know, you see him on Stephanopoulos saying stuff yeah. that you know Trump can't possibly like. Or, but yet they remain very close, and so it'll be an interesting test. Well, you know, but for Chris Christie taking out Marco Rubio, I think that Marco Rubio would have been the one hanging around, uh, you know, late into the primary season in 2016. And and look, Ted Cruz is a lot of things. Likeable is not one of them. So, no. you know, Marco Rubio is likable. You know, you might not like his politics, but he's a likable human being. I've met both yeah. of them, and I, you know, liked you Marco like Rubio. <laughs> I don't you like, like You know, the piece, the piece that I would keep an eye on, and maybe you and I can talk about it after the book comes out, but is thinking about, you know, Christie, as you, as you recall, uh, ran the transition plan and put yep. together a detailed plan uh, for a Trump administration that included the cabinet appointments and subsecretaries and a series of... Uh, uh, executive orders and a rollout plan and a, a really a very very detailed right. and and to my eye at least a rather competent administration. Right, you know, not right. that, again, not that you and I would agree with every policy decision, but a professional level, you know, smart administration. And that, of course, was literally thrown in the garbage can. And and ignored, and the hiring hall became the Bedminster Golf Club. Right, and we got the government we got. And I think a lot of people would say, and I think you, the book argues, I think convincingly, that boy, things would have really been different if they'd gone down a different path. Yeah, I mean, I think that if they would have stuck to a real plan, a real transition plan, uh, they'd be in a lot better place. But the president likes to act on his gut, and his gut now has the government shut down, Ellis. I mean, yeah, you're right. It's just this is over what? Gut. Over what? Over nothing. I mean, over the wall that he's never going to get that Mexico was supposed to pay for. I just did an hour on you know immigration and the wall and Mexico, and it's a two part promise. I don't understand why we can't keep coming back to the second part of the promise. Everybody's like, oh, the president his promise to build a wall. Yeah, he promised somebody else would pay for it though. Yeah, I'm not even sure what the Trump wall is anymore. I mean, let's even putting aside the Mexican piece of it. Is it a is it a concrete wall from sea to shining sea? Is it metal slats blowing in the breeze? Is it uh, and, and you, there is no actual plan that you can point to that says this is what we want to build. And this is what right. it's going to cost. There is no actual wall, not even a proposed wall. Right. There is no plan. It's it's kind of like the transition. You know, like the president's going by gut. Uh, maybe it'll be steel slats. Maybe it'll be a concrete wall. Maybe it'll be, you know, what is it? 
By the way, he once said artisanal steel slats. Yeah, that's a big word. Every time I go to a restaurant now, there's artisanal uh, cheeses. Yeah, doesn't that just add twenty five percent to the cost? I, 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 <laughs> I think that's uh, that's what comes after Whole Foods. You're right. Right, right. So I, I mean, where does this end, though? Like, I don't understand how he even gets out of this at this point. Well, it's very hard, honestly, to come up with some face saving plan. Right, he is locked in to such a degree. I mean, how does he? Uh, it's hard for him to back down. The the, the Dems, uh, particularly the House Dems, can't give him wall money. No. I mean, the answer somehow lies in you know calling it the border protection money, right. but not wall money. And uh, uh, you know, you somehow or another, before you have a, a complete showdown with somebody, you got to have some sort of exit ramp. And and the world's greatest negotiator, self-described, doesn't seem to have left anybody an exit ramp. No, here. no exit ramp at all. By the way, I have suggested that we just put up ring video doorbells along the border. I, I hear they're <laughs> very cheap and they work well, and their batteries last for like two years. And so, so what? I mean, honestly, what you know? What happens? How does this thing get resolved? It real? I, I, I don't. I mean, maybe listen. Would the Democrats? And you've been in on these discussions, yep. so I, I know you would have an insight about this. If they came back with some broader plan, you know, that was DACA, that was other things, that was passed the citizenship, you know, some broader immigration, comprehensive immigration thing. Would that be sufficient? I think if they passed, the, here's some crumbs for you all. I think if they passed the Gang of Eight comprehensive immigration reform bill of I think it was 2013, right? If they passed that through the Senate next week and it was brought to the House, it would come to the floor of the House. It would pass. That had 25 billion dollars, yeah, a lot for, yeah, a for lot. border security. And at 25 billion, the president could Wait, do whatever he wants. But hold on, was, was that border security or was that earmarked or some part of an earmark for wall? No, it was border work. security. It was not for a wall because nobody thought about building a wall. Nobody wants to build. There's not going to ever be a wall, right? There might be sections right. of wall some places, right. right? But ultimately, the president's got to get off this stupid wall idea unless he gets Mexico to actually pay for a wall, which they won't. But there was $25 billion, and it wasn't all at once. It was over, I think, five or 10 years. But it was $25 billion in increased border security funding over 10 years, and it was a pathway to citizen, I think, citizenship over like 13 years for people who mm-hmm. were here, for 11 million illegals that were here right now. Yeah, so it, it's, yeah. it's a, a real comprehensive plan, and it, it deals with, um, with the influx of, of people coming here just to work, and it deals with the people who are here already, and it deals with the dreamers. If the president really wants to make a deal, that's the deal. Yeah, because you and I, seriously, I mean, we understand that there are two ways to get to this thing. Either you narrow it down sufficiently so the wall gets squeezed out that way. Right. Or you broaden it so much that it becomes irresistibly attractive right. and you have to swallow hard and pick something you don't want. Well, yeah. I like your idea. I like your idea. It's a huge deal, right? And look, there are, there are 40 new members of the House of Representatives that ran specifically against the wall. They can't right. vote for for a wall now. They could vote for border security. They could vote. They could vote for, you know, increased border security. They could vote for comprehensive immigration reform. But they can't vote for a wall. Yeah. Now, what about what about this alternative? And this is something Trump 
has shown some deftness about is simply finding a way to declare victory. I mean, lately he's been saying, oh, Mexico is paying for the wall. Right. He's been saying, oh, a lot of the wall is built. So right. Maybe there's an answer in here where you just declare black to be white, you call it a day, and you go home. We should just put it, show him a picture of a wall at the southern border and say it's been paid for and built. And, and, and say, look, Mr. President, here's your wall. Maybe he'll understand it. If we could get like a couple of news guys to say it's a wall, we'd be good. Right? We, we've got to trick them. I, <laughs> I guess. I guess. It's hard to get there by fact. No, I, but facts fact. don't matter to the president or his base. By the way, I'm talking to Ellis Hennigan. He's got a new book coming out at the end of the month. It is called Let Me Finish. It's, uh, he, he wrote it with Chris Christie, former governor of New Jersey, Trump insider. We're all looking forward to this book. He's going to definitely come back on. I got to get this book. Uh, I got to read it. Can I get an advanced copy? Am I at that level yet? I, I, <laughs> I, 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 I really want to read this one. Like I, you know, I, I, I read, everybody wants to talk about their books, right? This uh-huh. one I'm very much interested in because I am interested yes, into well, the whole you. relationship with Jared and the president. I mean, this guy put Jared's father in jail. So there must have been some real tense meetings. And, and there I, are some very tense meetings, and they are vividly described in the pages. Here. Yeah. They're very personal and strongly held. You, you know, blood is thicker than water, as you have heard. Absolutely. Um, and the Jared relationship is very, very interesting. I, think. I, I, I can't wait. And, and, you know, Ellis is one of the better writers in America. For those of you who haven't read any of Ellis's books, just look them up on Amazon um, and buy any one of them. Because he, he's a great storyteller. He's great at, at, at taking some complex things and, and making them, bringing, breaking them down uh, so that they could be understood by anybody, even if you're not an expert in those fields. But politics, you know, is, is a particular specialty of yours. And I'm, I'm excited to, to read this book because uh, I just think, you know, <laughs> it's, it's, I'm an inquiring mind. I well, want to know. I mean, Chris, uh, the, the characters are great. I mean, you've got, you know, little mousy Jared, right? You've got bombastic Trump. You have Melania in the middle of all this stuff. The two key, you know, Eric, yeah. and, Eric and Don Jr., you know, Ivanka. I mean, they're just they banning, you know, fulminating in the corner. Yeah. You know, Flynn, I mean, God. The, I, I would imagine it's about mostly Flynn. about this stuff, too, right? Because nobody really cares about, like, you know, the teacher strike in New Jersey, right? Um, no, I mean, listen, we got some good Jersey stories in there, but I do think that the Trump stuff is what's going to sell right. the book. I mean, that's what, that's what people are. Or most of, and that's going to be you know, like you know when they do the expert and excerpt and Vanity Fair, it's going to be all about this stuff, right? It's going to be. I, I think that that's. Uh, I think that that's. Right. But I mean, we we address Bridgegate and uh, and uh, the issue of weight, which has come up in the right. uh, career sitting out on a beach one day. I don't know if you remember that. I remember that vividly. That was probably one of the worst moments of his governorship when the we government was all... shut down and he was at the beach house. It is all addressed very, very frankly. So I do think I appreciate your uh, your presale hype, but we'll we'll talk about it when it comes. I, I can't wait. So let's get back to the issues of, of the day, though, uh, yeah. because you know. And by the way, this is the kind of issue that if he had a guy like Chris Christie, maybe he wouldn't be in this situation because Chris Christie lived through an embarrassing government shutdown and probably would have done everything to avoid an embarrassing government shutdown uh, had he been working with the president, uh, you know, right now. And I think that that's part of the problem. This guy's got nobody around him who's got any expertise in governing. And, and I see some people that I know, like I was watching, I won't mention any names today, but somebody you and I both know who was sitting right behind the president. And I saw him with his head in his hand the entire meeting. 
And, and, and the president just doesn't have anybody around him who's got enough experience and depth in government to kind of guide him through these kinds of negotiations. And this is part of the problem. Yeah, and it's by design as well. I mean, you know, he's driven the generals away, basically, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, the people who have a, at least these sort of gravitas and personal self-confidence to once in a while say, no, 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 we can't do it like that. Um, the people gathering around seem to be the most uh, sycophantic. Am I saying that word right? Sycophantic, yeah. Sycophantic <laughs> of the uh, of the age. And good luck recruiting new ones. I mean, right. it's not proven very easy. Would you? I mean, would you take a job? Like I would that? not. Most people, you know. Huh? No, I would not. And you know, the funny thing is, I've always said that up until this president, and really up until I guess maybe 2017, when it really was clear that he was crazy. Um, I always said if the president of either party asked me to serve in their administration, I would have to consider it, and I would almost always want to do it. Um, but uh, not this guy, you know. I mean, it, it just it. I, I I mean, I would encourage my friends not to do it. In fact, a very good friend of my wife's was encouraged to to join the administration last year, and we we talked her out of it. Um, and, you know, and she's not a particularly political person and wouldn't be going into a particularly political position in the administration, but just the, the, I think the stigma that's going to come, that's going to be carried with being part of this administration is going to last a long time from, for, for well, most you have of to ask, you have to ask of those who have left and it is now a growing list. I, I saw, uh, Steve Ratner's number that 65% turnover at the higher yeah. levels in, in, in two years, which is a pretty shockingly high number. Crazy. Who has left in better shape than they arrived? Nobody's left and in I, better shape than they have arrived, but I think Nikki Haley left okay. She might have left in best, slightly better. I mean, I think she comported herself pretty well. But there are very, you have to say there are very few who have gone out the door in the same shape that they right. were in. Even General Mattis, you know, we're to, we all talk about, oh, General Mattis, and he resigned in disgrace or not re, or resigned in protest, but... I'm sorry. You know, there were other moments during the last two years that a resignation mm-hmm. in protest might have been appropriate that he just let go by. And, um, you know, I, I, I mean, uh, dozens of things. I mean, Charlottesville should have been a mass resignation from half of his cabinet, if you ask me. Yeah. And, and it didn't mm-hmm. happen. So, you know, I, people who were still around, I, I, you know, I like General Mattis. I thought he was a solid person in the administration, and I hate to see him go. But I don't know that, you know, we're going to be thinking fondly of him, you know, 10 years from now. Mm, it could be. I mean, focus on the latter if you want to love him, but but focus on all those days he didn't do too much. Right. If you if, if you want to have a uh, you know, slightly more balanced view of it, I would say. So I don't know how this ends, Ellis. I really don't. I, I think that we're going to be in for a shutdown of epic proportions uh, unless the president just decides on Friday that, okay, forget it. We're going to open the government. Yeah, and don't. Don't rule that out because he really does have the ability to do that. I mean, he clearly doesn't believe this stuff, right? He was willing, just about on the verge of signing legislation that did exactly what now he claims is a, a moral impossibility, right? Right. right. Um, so it's not a matter of deeply held belief. You have to think. I mean, listen to Ann Coulter, right? She says he's going to sell. He's going to sell out the wall. You right. Know, he's going to fold. I think is the quote on right. the wall. Right, you know, and she may be she may be right about that. I mean, she certainly focused on the damn wall enough. You know what? I don't understand. They all focus on the wall, but how about the other part of the promise that Mexico would pay with it? How come Ann Coulter has never mentioned Mexico paying for the wall uh-huh. or Russia? Yeah. They all love yeah. this wall, but they yeah, never. Yeah, yeah. 
I, I don't know about you. I went to a Trump rally. I went to the Albany, New York Trump rally in March of 2016. Uh-huh. Scared mm-hmm. out of my life, but I went. Okay. And I remember what they said. They said Mexico was going to pay for the wall. So we all talk <laughs> about this big promise of his, but it was a two-part promise. And I don't yeah, hear no. Ann Coulter or Rush Limbaugh or Mark Levin or Sean Hannity or anybody mm-hmm. saying, hey, Mr. President, how's the negotiation with Mexico going? Yeah, no, there you will, and you will not hear that. You might ultimately hear the president claiming, oh, look, they've already paid for it. We've got NAFTA, right. and we've got, you know... It's just something that makes no sense. It's just a bunch of words so you can declare in victory and move on. I mean, he does have a knack for that, and being flexible on the facts gives you the opportunity to do it. So I'm not ruling that out, honestly. Maybe that's where my optimism lies. And I think he thinks that if he keeps the government shut down, the Democrats, when they take over Congress tomorrow— uh, won't be able to investigate him as much. I think he's absolutely wrong about that. <laughs> why does that? Yeah, why does that stop investigating? I don't think it really does. Well, I think once he starts getting the subpoenas, maybe he's going to say, mm, maybe we should just open the government now, because <laughs> <laughs> they're going to start flying. I would think by Monday, uh, you know, there'll be cabinet secretaries being. Kirsten Nielsen's going to be in for a. You know, she should just resign. <laughs> yeah. You know, and then, you'll, and then you'll get that. Then you'll get that subpoena about the tax returns. I think that's the one. Really the tax about. return subpoena has already been drafted, I'm sure, and it'll be yeah, coming it's in. Break. It's in the mail. It'll be there like right after Adam Schiff is sworn in as uh, chairman of his committee. All right, I got 30 seconds. I, I got 30 seconds left with you. Uh, what, yeah. do you what do you want to plug? What do you want people to know? Uh, you've done all the plugging we need to do. You, I guess you and I, at some point, we're going to need to predict how long this is going to last. And I think you're right. doesn't feel to me like it's on the verge of ending. No, I, you know, you and I could talk in, in two weeks and it could still be going on. God, I hate to even say that, but yeah. I think it might actually be possible. I, ho- I hate for anybody who has a you know, winter break plan to go to the Smithsonian. They're, they're out of luck. So uh, yeah, we've got we've got federal workers around here too who will need paychecks and some vendors as well. Absolutely. So let's let's don't forget those guys. Let's not forget those guys. Ellis Hennigan, don't forget him at Hennigan uh, on Twitter and Hennigan.com. The book comes out at the end of the month. It's called Let Me Finish. I'll be taking your calls the other side of the break. 631-451-1039. You're listening to the Chris Hahn Show, and I'll be right back. Conservatives, listen up. The truth is on the air. The Chris Hahn Show. All right. I'm back. I'm live. 631-451-1039 if you want to be part of the national conversation. First national conversation of the new year, 2019. Happy New Year, America. Uh, 631-451-1039, 631-451-1039. To all you out there in the federal workforce who are furloughed, I really do feel for you. I really do. I, uh, As I was saying to Ellis, I don't know when this is going to end. I have no concept of how this is going to end. Um, I think it could last months. Or, you know, like I said, Friday, the president could say, forget it. Let's just open the government and negotiate while the government shut down and do a CR for four weeks. Uh, I don't know what's going to actually happen because the president is so unpredictable. uh, And I don't think he has any deeply held beliefs, America. And I know that the Trump supporters out there, when I say the president doesn't have deeply held beliefs, um, 
hate it when I say that. Of all the things I say about the president, the thing I get the most pushback on is that, but that is the most true thing I can say about this president. He does not have deeply held beliefs. It reminds me of of the song in Hamilton, uh, the election of uh, 1800. When all is said and all is done, Jefferson has beliefs, Burr has none. I don't believe that this president has beliefs other than making money. How do we make more money? And government is not a real estate empire that your father gave you. The United States government is the beacon of, of truth and freedom and justice around the world. It's the protector of, of, of democratic ideals, small d democratic ideals for you, all you Republicans out there. And, and, and it's, it, it's more than a business. And it can't be thought of as a business. And frankly, I don't think he'd shut down his business over a dispute like this. So he thinks less of this government than he does of his own business. So here we are, we're 11 days into a shutdown of the federal government during the holidays. You know, I talked about, I called it the war on Christmas a couple of weeks ago. And it's serious business for a lot of people. I mean, if you're in the Coast Guard, the Coast Guard is shut down, America. Now they're working without a paycheck, but there are men and women in the Coast Guard. And the president's concerned about border security. The Coast Guard is technically border patrol. And it patrols a lot more border than the, the, the guys along the southern border do. They're getting paid. The Coast Guard's not getting paid. And those families now have to think about how they're going to make ends meet during this shutdown. And it's going to be serious this week because this is a week where they should have gotten paid and they won't get paid. Now, I, I, I hear you. They'll get back pay. Okay. What do they do now? What do they do if this goes three months? And the president refuses to open the government. And I don't believe Congress will let that happen. I think that ultimately, if this keeps going and going and going and going and going, that the Congress themselves will have to step in and override a potential presidential veto. Or tell the president that they're going to override a potential veto. It can't go on forever. But I don't know how it ends. I really don't. I don't see... Uh, I don't see a bright, shiny light at the end of this tunnel. I see a president who doesn't understand the importance of government, who doesn't understand how budgets work, who, don't, who doesn't understand how Congress works and his role in the government, who is now at the table negotiating something that is far above his depth. He doesn't have the comprehensive ability to understand what he's in right now. So we're at this impasse. And of course, the man is so unpredictable, he could just say tomorrow, I'm done, we're good, let's move on. Right? I mean, that's also a possibility. That's who this guy is too. He's also of the ability where he could just say, I'm done, we're good, let's move on. Or, or not. 631-451-1039 is my number, 631-451-1039. Don't forget, you can catch me tomorrow night 
uh, Thursday, 10 o'clock on Fox News, and then I'll be on Friday at 8 o'clock on Fox News, and I'll be on Saturday at 9.30 p.m. on the Fox News channel. Uh, I'll be back here. The podcast will be up tomorrow. Don't forget to, uh, to check out the Chris Hahn show podcast, uh, download it. Never miss a second of the show, uh, at Christopher Hahn on Twitter, at Christopher Hahn on Twitter. Don't forget to catch the Biddleman show Sunday night, 7 30 PM full hour now, seven to eight. Whoa, big time, baby. Yeah, man. Full hour. Now, now each one of those people could talk for two minutes in the studio. Exactly. Excellent. Fantastic. The cast of thousands on the Middleman show. Uh, we each play our little, little part. Middleman's back from his stripping tour. I'm convinced that he, he's into this kinky young Santa thing. First of all, I'm not into it. It just pays really well. It pays <laughs> well, yeah. Whatever yeah. it takes, man. I mean, I, you know, we're all working people here. We're all trying to make it through. We're just trying to make our way through this crazy world, man. Exactly. Man. Exactly. <laughs> you know, it's good money in being a young Santa. Being an old Santa, not so good. Well, you got to go work at a mall. Spectrum. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's not so good. He goes to these. Now, he's, he's DJing Christmas parties mm-hmm. during the holiday season. Now mm-hmm. he's back. But the Biddleman Show this Sunday night, 7.30 to 8.30. It's, it's no, 7 to 8. Oh, you're 7 to 8 now. It's full 7 to 8 now. So yeah. 7 to 8. 7 to 8. Fantastic. Yeah. That's fair. Who do you got this weekend? Anybody good? No, it's just be us talking, you know, doing a little roundtable discussion, and uh, we're going to have some fun. Talking about the Long Island music scene? No, I don't think we're doing any music this week. Well, we, I thought we, that's we, what your show was about. Did we, you change we, the whole topic of yeah, the show? We, don't, we didn't change it. We just we, you morph and meditate. To what Are you just trying to do week? an imitation of my show without the politics? Basically, no politics. Like just yeah, we don't do politics. I, have yeah. fun. No, that's what it's about right. Yeah, you can't have fun. What, what, what no, else I you mean that's what, what radio is about. You got to just be fun and exciting. Yes. You got to be big, man. You just got to be over it's the top. Ball. So of course we're doing uh, dumb New Year's resolutions and how to fail them real quick and a lot of other stuff. So you know, I'm not doing resolutions anymore. I'm. I do. I try to do like here's like. Like, I don't have a goal. I have, like, a, uh, you know, like, I want to drink more water, right? Mm-hmm. I don't want to say, I'm going to drink eight cups of water a day. No. I'm drink more water. You can't be unrealistic with it. So right. It's got to be, like, baby stuff to turn into bigger stuff down the line. Because if know? drinking more water is something you can do, and if you don't drink eight cups of water a day for, like, the first two weeks, you'll be like, ah, I'm out. I'm out of my resolution. That's the thing. You can't get hard on yourself. You can't beat yourself up. So right. Just about, all right, you mess up. Right. Get back get back on the horse the next day. Get Keep back on the horse. You know, I, I'm all about fitness. I actually, like, beginning of the year, like, was like, I got to put on some weight because I lost. In addition to the weight that I had been losing all year, I got, got sick got and I lost, like, four more pounds. And I got to tell you, man, I looked like death. I mean, I, I, I put two of them back. Yeah. But it's, it's, uh, it's, I looked like death last week. Um, you know, had I been my regular self, the sickness mode of maybe looked pretty good. Exactly. But all right, I'm good to go. <laughs> but it was, Get an ab here and ab there. Like, and, then, all right. and one other funny thing is, so Mike and I, I, we both were sick last week, so we had to cancel the show. Mm-hmm. I wound up doing Fox on Friday night. Now, I have to come to the studio. I have to drive. It's 15 miles from my house. Uh, and then I have to keep the energy up for two hours. Exactly. Which is, it's it's a lot. Easy. I mean, you guys, you should see me after the show. I'm, I'm spent. But... Uh, I could do TV for five minutes, even as I'm, even if I'm sick. But I was in a bad mood last Friday. It's night. like you got to find the five minutes that you're not coughing or sweating profusely. They, <laughs> fr- I, I mean, Thursday I was bad. Friday I was still sick, and and they call me up. Hey, you got your regular Friday night spot tonight? You're still doing it? I mean, Tucker was out, so it was a guest host. I'm like, yeah, I'll do it. I mean, I got to walk 25 feet into my basement to do it. You know, I, I had to shave. That was a problem. But uh, I get down there. And man, I, I, I don't even know who I was on with. I don't know what I said to them. All I know is that I yelled for five minutes. 
I, I, I got I the said, heart rate up a little bit. The, guy, <laughs> the producer's in my ear before the show. He goes, how you doing, Han? I go, dude, I am completely out of it. I've been sick all week. I'm mm-hmm. sick right now. I'm in a bad mood. Who's hosting? Well, tell them to watch out. Yeah. And and I just like. I can only imagine. Ah! <laughs> For like five minutes. Like, ah! So whoever that guy was, yeah. you know, <laughs> I don't apologize because I'm sure he said something stupid to set me off. But, but still. Yeah, but still. But I'll be on TV a lot the next couple of days. Go to at Christopher Hahn uh, uh, on Twitter, and you could follow me there, and you could figure out what I'm going to be on and when you could watch. Or you could just go to my uh, my Twitter feed, and usually if it's good, I'll tweet it out. 631-451-1039 live tonight. Government is shut down. Uh, a lot of guys working at the TSA. I saw them when I came in here. Uh, you know, those guys aren't getting paid either. So, you know, when you see these guys and women, men and women, who are, are doing the work of government, keeping you safe, not getting paid because of a border wall that we were told somebody else would pay for. Say thank you for doing your job. Thank you for keeping America safe, even if the president will not do what's necessary to make sure you are properly um compensated for your labor because there's a lot of people working right now uh, a lot of people in this country that you don't even think about air traffic controllers tsa workers people in the fda that have to test food who are working without a paycheck who are doing their duty for this country without a paycheck because the president's a petulant child Now, let me just remind you how this began. The United States Senate passed a continuing resolution that would have funded the government through February that the president had said he would sign. And then the president said he wouldn't sign because Rush Limbaugh didn't like the bill. Laura Ingram didn't like the bill. And then he didn't sign it. I'm sorry, who elected Rush Limbaugh? You know, the president's job is to keep a functioning government going, to protect the American people. And, and where is he? Where is he right now on this? I mean, it's, there is no end in sight. No end in sight, America. There's no plan. His plan today was to have the Democrats come to the Situation Room and get a briefing from the fake Secretary of Homeland Security, Kristen Nielsen, and that was supposed to woo them into giving them $25 billion for $5 billion for a wall? How is that going to happen? He's going to say that we arrested 17,000 people at the border. They're going to say you arrested people who were seeking asylum. You shouldn't have arrested them. That was what that conversation would have led to. They're like, oh, I was on Fox earlier, and they're like, oh, they were rude to Kristen Nielsen. Oh, did they offer her a glass of water? Because she didn't offer immigrant children glasses of water who came into this country and died in her custody. So don't tell me that they treated Kirsten Nielsen bad. I got no respect for Kirsten Nielsen. I call her Miss Hannigan. It never caught on. I tried. Miss Han- I tried to give her a nickname, Miss Hannigan, when she first started separating the kids from their parents. Miss Hannigan from Annie. For those of you who don't know, never caught on because not enough people are educated in musical theater in this country, unfortunately. Annie, one of the great musicals.
But you know, there are you know that's their riff today. Oh, Senator Schumer and 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 Speaker Pelosi gave her no respect today. No, she deserves not an ounce of respect. And let me tell you when else she's not going to get respect next week when they subpoena her to come testify before Congress about the kids that died in her custody and about the border separation policy that she's lied to Congress about. And then she'll be held in contempt of Congress, by the way, because she lied to Congress back when she testified over the summer. So she'll be held in contempt of Congress. She'll be subpoenaed and she will be showed not an ounce of respect, nor does she deserve an ounce of respect. People are dying. Children are dying because of inaction and, by the way, incompetence of Kristen Nielsen. Another one. Oh, General Kelly. General Kelly's hand-picked successor, Kristen Nielsen. Just keep that in mind for all you people longing for the days of General Kelly. Okay? This is just not... They're not real people. Okay? They do not really care about their jobs. They don't believe government could do anything. So they don't run it well. This is the problem. This is why we have a shutdown right now. They don't even respect the government they run. They don't respect the people who work in it. They don't respect the job it does. So it's easy for them to shut down the government. So don't tell me, you know, don't try to spin me on TV, all you conservatives. And I know you all listen to my podcast trying to get ready to debate me. Don't try to spin me on this. Don't try to spin me and say that it's a democratic shutdown. It's not a democratic shutdown. Democrats don't shut down the government. We respect government. They respect the people who work in government. President doesn't respect the people who work in government. Doesn't respect them one bit. That's why he can shut them down. Kristen Nielsen, she doesn't respect the people trying to come to this country to breathe free, to get a better life for their parents, for their children. That's why she could separate them from their kids. That's why she could let them die. Oh, and then she's upset that the Democrats didn't want to hear her today, her fake report about the border. Because trust me, it wasn't going to be real. It was going to be fake. And nobody needs to hear what she has to say. The, the, I'm sorry. The, majority leader of the, United, the minority leader of the United States Senate and the Speaker of the House who came to the White House to negotiate an end to this horrible shutdown did not have, didn't have to hear a lecture from Kirsten Nielsen. That's the last thing they wanted. It was a publicity stunt by the president, which was, by the way, completely ill-conceived. Another, you know, stroke of genius by this political mastermind who somehow got into the White House. Had enough yet? Have you had enough yet of this incompetence? Have you had enough yet of this tomfoolery? Have you had enough of this lack of respect for the basic functions of government? Have you had enough, America? I've had enough. I've seen enough. And I don't like Mike Pence at all. I don't. I don't like him. I don't like his, you know, his Christianity being forced upon people who don't want it. I don't like the fact that he believes in gay conversion therapy. I don't like the fact that he calls his wife mother and that he won't have dinner alone with a woman. I don't like that, or not even a meeting alone with I don't like that. That's weird to me. But when all is said and all is done, Mike Pence has beliefs. Donald Trump has none. 
And the laws of political gravity will apply to Mike Pence in a way they do not apply to Donald J. Trump president. And we need to get back to reality in this country. We need to have a fact-based conversation about our nation, something that has been lacking for the past two and a half years, three years since this man came down that escalator in Trump Tower. We need to get back to a fact-based conversation centered in reality. And, And while Mike Pence has a lot of creepy things about him that creep me out and should creep you out, at least Mike Pence would try to run a government. People might want to go work for Mike Pence, Republicans who I may not agree with, but who are competent in running a government. I didn't like a lot of the things that the Bush administration did, but Andy Carr was a competent chief of staff to the president of the United States. There were people in his government that actually wanted to try to make government work. They had different views of what that might be that I did. Right now, we have a guy who's a buffoon, who half the government isn't even full. The 65% of the top-level positions are either empty or being held right now by interns. He hasn't even filled his government. He's two years into his presidency, America. Two years into his presidency, he hasn't even filled his government. He can't keep people on staff. So shut down the government. What difference does it make? He doesn't even have people working there anyway. He doesn't have secretaries in place and undersecretaries, things that you need to run a government. I talked with Ellis a little while ago about Christie had a plan, a real transition plan to staff the government. This president tore it up and threw it out the window and fired Chris Christie. That's why I can't wait for that book. I know I say to all my guests, I can't wait for your book to come out. I am looking forward to this book because I have a feeling that um, Chris Christie, uh, it's time for some traffic on the bridge you're about to burn down with the president of the United States. (laughs) I think that that's probably happening in the Chris Christie book because he wants to sell books. Chris Christie, from what I understand, is not an independently wealthy man. So he wants to sell some books. So he's going to burn down that bridge. It's the only way he could sell the book. I'm kind of excited to read it. Me too. All right. I think America's had enough of me tonight. (laughs) I got to thank you all for listening to me. And I got to remind you all to seek the truth. Question everything and question everyone, America, even me. Seek the truth. I know it's out there. I know you'll find it if you look hard enough. And I'll be back here again next week to tell you the truth as I see it. Happy New Year, America. I'm Chris Hahn. Thanks for listening. Spend our weekends in bed. We drink ourselves stupid and work ourselves dead and all just because that's what mom and dad said we should do. We should run through the forests. We should swim in the streams. We should laugh. We should cry. We should love. We should dream. We should stare at the stars.
Chris Hahn Show podcast is recorded live at 103.9 FM in New York at Long Island News Radio. This podcast was sent to Face Off Unlimited headquarters in Astoria, Queens, and was edited by Joe Tex. Executive producers are Joe Tex, Jay Painter, and Eric Robinson. FOU Studios is a property of Face Off Unlimited, LLC. I'm Peter Hargarden, the senior producer of podcasts here, and on behalf of everyone who worked on the show, we'd like to thank you, the listener, for tuning in. Subscribe to catch all of our other podcasts here on the FOU Studios Podcast Network. To learn more about Chris and to find out about his upcoming television appearances, follow him on Twitter at Christopher Hahn and at ChristopherHahn.com. To learn more about FOU, connect with us via social media at FOU Studios and visit us at FOUStudios.com. <laughs>